0: For this whole month, we've been in an incredible teaching series called Spiritually Practical. If you've missed any of the weeks, I encourage you to catch up. John Jorgensen did an amazing job teaching us last weekend on uh, how to have a public faith. And we've been getting real practical with spiritual things. And that's what we want to do today. Why is it that we can go and overpay for a show with people we don't know, and sing all the songs and raise our hands in the air, and yet when we come here on Sunday, or throughout the week, actually, that's what I'm more interested in, throughout the week, why does it feel sometimes like a struggle to actually give God the worship that he's due? How do we do that on a daily basis, on a regular basis? How do you make worshiping God a rhythm in your life? Because here's the thing that you need to know. This God that we worship here at Soul City Church, he knows you, and he loves you, He is intimately involved and interested in every detail of your life. And right now, angels all throughout heaven and all throughout eternity are worshiping God in this moment. And so when we take time to worship in Sundays or throughout our lives, we are just joining in with what is already reality in heaven. In a sense, it's our way to rehearse for heaven as we worship God and give Him, the one who's actually due, the worship that we give to Him. And so rather than me giving you a message on worship, and I'd love to do that, teach you, we've talked about worship, taught on worship before, I thought what would be so awesome is for you to hear from some worship experts and invite our worship leaders up to share their heart, their vision, on worship and how you can actually make worship a more spiritually practical thing. So, will you join me in welcoming Patrick and Fabi and Jeremy back up to the stage to lead us in our teaching time today? Well, hello. Hey, hey. Hello, Jared. Long time no see. Thanks for letting us
1: talk for thanks, once. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> well, so, this is yeah. what it's like to be out here. Holy this
0: is what it's like. Yeah, wow, okay. it's, the lights are so bright. <laughs> Wow. There's at least 50 people in here. Yeah, that's right. They don't typically do the teaching part, so this is going to be really, really fun. We don't let you talk uh, too often. But I thought it'd actually be, I thought it'd be really fun as the worship leaders of our church. But I think more importantly than that, uh, each of you are worshipers. And you've made worship, and that's what I learned from you and how you lead me. I, you are worshipers in your everyday life. And I thought as we're closing out this series on spiritually practical, how cool would it be for us to hear from them on how to be a worshiper in our everyday life. So I want us to get the, everyone to get to know you. We'll get to some of the heart of the, the message here in a second. But I thought it'd be fun since we were talking about concerts a second ago to share the very first concert that you went to. All right, So this really reveals your heart and what you, what you value in this world. <laughs> What your very first show was. Can you imagine that? If that's all you had to listen to the rest of your
2: life? So, Jeremy, what was your very first concert? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my hand a little bit here. But I actually was a pastor's kid and grew up around CCM music, so contemporary Christian music. Oh, CCM. Um, that's CCM. The insider talk. Okay. <laughs> and I'm very proud of that w- okay. with my DC Talk hat. Okay. Represent. <laughs> my right. first concert, and we'll see how many people know, uh, was a little band called Third Day. Yeah. I mean, what- Oh, yes, I got, okay. I got some people. I got some people here. <laughs> so if you don't okay. know who Third Day is, they're basically the creed of Christian music. <laughs> awesome.
0: Awesome. The creed yeah. of Christian music. All right, awesome. Yeah, it was Good my first for show. How about you, Fadi?
3: Well, I may lose some street cred here, but um, Jessica Simpson.
0: <laughs> yes. Anyone heard of With Jessica Ryan Simpson? Ryan Cabrera. Right. And Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> yeah.
1: He,
3: he yes. legitimizes both it. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Both legends in their own right.
0: Still having great musical careers. Very busy careers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, being from Tennessee, uh, in 1993, my mom and dad took me to the local college Arena Mm -hmm. to go see Kenny Chesney. Come on, kind of the early days, '93. He was up and coming. He was actually the opener. Really? And we're like, man, this guy's got something. Yeah. (laughs) I think he. I think he's gonna do all right. You gave him your stamp. How old?
0: 1993. So how old were you at that concert?
1: I was in third grade.
0: You have some awesome. What about
1: you? What were you doing Uh, in '93?
0: (laughs) It doesn't matter what I was doing in '93. Doesn't matter what I was doing in '93. I think I was older than Kenny Chesney at the time in '93. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's for sure. That's
0: right. Well, my first concert was, and this band is not even, one of them is not even around, but it was a double billing of a band named Eurasia and Depeche Mode. And I saw them, that was my first. It was wow. my first yeah. and second concert. I saw him at the beginning of summer, and then I went back and saw him at the end of summer as so if I good. didn't get enough. So yeah. yeah, so both, uh, again, legends in their own right.
2: I don't know either of those people. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> there's no Christian comparison <laughs> to either of those, so we won't even try. Uh, all right, so th- these guys don't know this, but I had asked folks to send in questions about worship, and I've asked each of them a different question from, from y'all um, on worship. And so, Pat, this one's for you. Uh, and this question is, Patrick... Do you have any more plans to write any more chart-topping worship songs with Pastor Jarrett in the future? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't. That's just the people want to know. It's, right? it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny it you ask. That. Yeah, a lot. It. From what I understand, a lot so, of people are asking if we're gonna ever write a song together again. When
1: Brother Jarrett over yes. here was turning, was it your 50th birthday?
0: What? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. huh? That's 40, two jokes. 40th. That's two. 40th so
1: birthday. You set me up for that. I one. did nothing. <laughs> his 40th birthday. His goal. His bucket list yeah. was to drop in on a half pipe, which yeah. you did. Not
0: drop it, but go on. Yes, I already could do that. But anyway, go on. <laughs>
1: and uh, to write a song. Yeah, to write a song. So we actually, he had a thing out at Wheaton. And I, he's like, hey, do you want to ride out there with me? I took a guitar. We wrote a song in the in car. In the car
0: on the way to Wheaton. And that and song is? It's a hit. It's a huge hit around the world. It's. <laughs> ish. It's yeah. a small world a, after. We all. wrote a song. We wrote a song.
1: <laughs> we wrote a song. And we sang it a couple times at Soul City. It's called Only God. Mm -hmm. It's a great song. um,
0: Yeah. They're asking, will you write another one with Jared? Yeah. That's what they want to know. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's very enthusiastic. Very very confident. Sure, I'll take that as a yes. All right, good. Good. Uh, So let's talk about this for a second. How did each of you get involved in music and specifically worship music? Where did your musical journey and your worship musical journey begin?
2: Well, yeah, like I mentioned, I was a pastor's kid, so I pretty much grew up around worship music and um, grew up in a really small church, but uh, specifically when I was about five years old, I would uh, would sing. That's kind of when I discovered that I could sing and really enjoyed it, Um, and so I would (laughs) sing, in these singing competitions against other kids from other churches singing worship music. <laughs> wait, so we would wait, so you'd have like would a worship, worship battle? Competi- you'd it have was a like a worship battle.
0: battle
1: cool. Which. <laughs> Little did you know, but that's actually what Jeremy and I do. Here this yeah, just just earlier,
2: this is this is worship worship yeah. Looking yeah. back on it, it was a very unhealthy way to yeah, approach that's not worship. A great way to... <laughs> I'm gonna worship better than you. I'm gonna worship better. He's gonna yeah. hear my praise yeah, more. That's
0: good. <laughs> pleases the heart of God. Yeah,
2: and so basically, I just I just grew up around around the church and grew up around worship music. And my experience specifically with worship music was you know, it had a really great message. It was it was truths from scripture, things that we want to sing to God, um, but it was just packaged not so great. So like the right. actual music of it was um, definitely not cutting edge. Right. Um, and so I remember when I was a teenager, I discovered a band called Sonic Flood Oh. which sonic flood was that's a pretty deep cut that,
0: that's the they're the cold play they're of the christian cold play music. of christian okay, music bad. yeah this i like how, how we
2: wondering. have to oh, make it next. relevant yeah. <laughs> yeah. and sonic flood was like the first band that like had really great music with a really great message and mm-hmm. so i fell in love with their music i fell in love with worship modern worship and I, I knew i wanted to do that and so like any other teenager who suddenly came upon a love of music i started a christian rock band You did. I did. I think we
0: actually have a picture of your band. We do. Wow. (laughs) That's you, bro. That's
2: me. Our front front man. That's, yeah, it's so high risk. There's so uh,
1: much Christian attitude in that picture. There is.
2: And we actually. The funny
1: thing is that was taken yesterday.
0: They're still
2: playing. Yeah, I cut my hair. And uh, and right to the left of me is uh, Mario, a drummer here at Soul City, and then Marvin, who's playing keys today.
0: Yeah, so we're, they're still in the band. The band's still, in still in the band.
2: together. The band is still together. <laughs> that's pretty ac- That's goodness. pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so that's my whole like, my experience with I music.
0: I Fabi, how
3: about you? <laughs> nice. Well, my dad was a musician, was one of those people that just played every single kind of instrument, just picked it up and knew how to play it. So I had a bunch of instruments around the house. They were bigger than me at the time, but I would just love picked up the guitar and just wanted to play it. So that's what I did. And But it really got real when um, we were missionaries growing up. So I was a missionary kid. So if you know what that is, you, you're in a country for four years and you come back to America for a year. And during that time, we would visit other churches and I would have to be the one to, to sing on stage after my dad got done speaking. My brothers and I would come up, but they would just stand there. So <laughs> I would have to sing. And They're so guards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just learned to um, be in front of people and, and not, like, be all weird about it, and then That's I awesome. guess. And then, yeah, just been singing ever since. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. How about you, Pat?
1: Well, I have a very similar story no, you to no, my you comrades <laughs> here. Um, so I actually grew up in a home where I didn't know anything about Christian music. And uh, when I think about being a kid, I think about like, uh, honestly, I think about Jimmy Buffett. I think about Paul Simon. And I think about just like good old rock and roll. Um, and it's funny, I, I was interested in music, but it was really, in seventh grade, I, I vividly remember I got, um, I had some blacklight posters in my room, <laughs> and I was very much, ex- I, was, I was learning like, how do you listen to music? What do you do? You just, you just listen to music. So I had this Jimi Hendrix Experience album, and I had this Grateful Dead album, and and I had this five disc CD changer and I would, you know, with like the, the five That's speakers right. oh, yeah. in your room and you yeah. Yeah. got it for Christmas. And so I remember putting those albums on, turning the lights out, turning the black lights on. And, and seventh sweet seventh grader people. And I would just sit on my bed and be like, is this it? Is this what you do? I'm, I guess I'm listening to music. Sounds I'm like, doing it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you were missing one key ingredient for that for that vibe yeah, there. But just, I'm glad you.
1: Just the music's all yeah, I needed. it. Okay, all right. Just the black lights. The, all right. And so really, all all through high school, I really loved music. I loved playing in bands, and um, I, it really wasn't until college I got involved, kind of. Uh, invited to come play guitar, because I love playing guitar, at this college ministry. Fast forward, they invited me to a conference for college students um, that was in Atlanta. And I was like, yeah, free trip to Atlanta, I'll go. And it turned out to be uh, kind of this big Christian conference, and there was a huge emphasis on worship. And I remember seeing for the first time, like, what I thought was really cool, great music, um, that was like glorifying God, and I had never seen that before. This was like 2005, Mm -hmm. Um, and it changed my life, and it gave me this grander picture of worship, and it's funny because I remember coming back from that and actually for the first time ever in my life, driving uh, to this Christian bookstore, going inside, and I'm like, I'm going to buy a Christian CD, and I remember picking out the CD and walking out to my car and, and unwrapping it. You remember the shrink wrap, and this bright orange sticker that said 1799 yeah. man they got who you we got used you. to pay that for music <laughs> yeah, that's right. we 1799 music. <laughs> we used to pay for music <laughs> yeah that's right and that record forever like the most influential record of wow, my that's life amazing. So,
0: here i am today i love it well i love each of you kind of spoke differently to the power of music in your life and you know in one of the things in preparing for our time this weekend i was studying on the power of Music and that it has on us psychologically, that it has on our physiology, like physically, what music does to your body. And it's really fascinating. A lot of studies uh, show that music, when listening to the right kind of music, has the power to reduce uh, anxiety, it has the power to actually fight depression. You can listen to songs. And there are whole, like, there are art therapy, there's music therapy places that use music to help fight depression. And actually, there are certain kinds of music that actually boost your immunity. How amazing is that? By listening to music, it literally improves your body. But even beyond that, what music does is it has this incredible power to um, break through to emotions, maybe that are stuck or repressed. And think about it. You can hear a song you've never heard before, and all of a sudden, you're in the car, you have your headphones on, and you're crying to a song you've never heard before. And you have no relationship or connection to this song or this artist, but you're just bawling. That's the power of what music does. It unlocks things in our heart and in our soul. And it can even take you back. You'll hear a song maybe that you listened to when you were in high school and it was the song that you and your first crush or whatever had together, and it instantly takes you back to that place. You know how that's the power to do that. It's as though God actually hardwired us for music. He literally gave music to us as a gift to help unlock our soul and ultimately even connect it to him. And we believe, I believe, that that's what worship music does. It connects your heart to God. And so I'd love to hear from you guys about the significance of that. Music appears all throughout the Bible. What's the significance of worship and music throughout the Bible?
2: Yeah, I think you see it a ton. you see it a ton throughout Scripture, and I think the cool thing is, is you see it in so many different ways. Like, mm-hmm. there's the kind of obvious way that we see worship, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we connect with God, we sing to God, we declare things to God, and and how He views us. And but then you see all these other pictures being painted. Like I think of the Book of Psalms, which is literally a Psalms. song book. Yeah. Like it actually, you know, to the minister of music is how all of these um, chapters start off, and these are chapters and chapters and chapters of actual songs that songwriters like Pat and and other songwriters have been able to actually pull the truth of scripture Mm. out and set it to music. And then we get to sing these songs that are scripture. Um, One of my favorite stories is actually the power of worship. And so it's actually the story of the walls of Jericho, which is, if you know anything about it, God sends Joshua um, to Jericho and He's to overtake the city of Jericho. And so he comes upon Jericho and Jericho has these huge walls, you know? And so naturally God sends Joshua. And so God shoots his laser eyes and destroys the walls of Jericho. Yeah. Not a thing. What <laughs> he actually does. I is... haven't
1: read that story. <laughs> yeah. You gotta keep reading, Pat.
2: Yeah, it's a different version.
0: You gotta turn, turn the black lights on when you read. Change, change your whole experience.
2: That's crazy. That's crazy, man. So what he actually does is he tells Joshua, like this is the battle plan. You're going to march around the city. You're going to march around these walls seven, um, for seven days. And so for six straight days, they do one roundabout, and they play trumpets, which. It is a terrible battle strategy (laughs) because they're alerting that they're there and then they're not actually doing anything other than playing these trumpets. But you know, God takes these terrible strategies and actually uses them because on the seventh day he tells them to march around it seven times and on the seventh time they blow these trumpets and they worship and proclaim God's truth and they worship his name and the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. And so you have this powerful example where worship actually has power behind it. And so, Jared, if you will, I'd love, well, to, I'd love okay. to be able to give a bottom line Come on, to that. Don't
1: hold back. A Please. little Come sticky on, statement. Don't.
2: So, guys, get your phones out for your Twitter and your Instagram.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so just give God, it. God here, let me do it like this. Oh, yes. yes. Come on. So God. Give, about, some space. About
0: to get real. give my man some
1: space. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> shh, 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 shh.
2: See, God wants to take your worship. Yes. He allows your worship yes. to become yes. a warship. Wow. Oh! Put it on the screen. Uh-huh. It's up there. Write it down. That's an original. Wow.
1: By the way, that's a terrible bottom line. That's, that's a, terrible, a terrible. yeah, That's bad.
2: Oh, no.
0: Just to be clear, it's the it's USS
1: okay. warship.
0: Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible. I'm not
2: gonna have the opportunity to do no, this. No, you very wanted often. to do one of those. So,
0: they're, they're that easy. That's all you gotta do. You
3: right.
1: just sunk my warship.
0: Yeah, it's not good with your no, warship.
3: it's good. B, that's so good. i I'll uh, bring uh, us back in. I'll bring <laughs> us back. Bring us <laughs> back. Bring us
1: back. Father.
3: No, but it's so true. But you know, you see from you know the first book in the Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation. This beautiful picture of worship, even when in the throne room of God, the angels are worshiping God, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But you know what's so cool about the redemption story that you see from start to finish is that we get the choice. We get the choice of who we worship. And the Bible says as we become who we worship, And um, I love this uh, idea of worship being this reflection back to God and reflection back to who he is and what a powerful tool that we have to reflect God and all of who he is. And so it's just a great reminder for us as we, um, yeah, live to worship him.
0: Yeah. So why do you, why would you say that it's important then, we see it throughout the Bible, it's significant, it has this power, it's this way of connecting with God. We have Mm -hmm. songs in the Bible, songs sung throughout the Bible all the way through to the book of Revelation. Why is it so important for our church? Why is it important that this church, uh, uh, Soul City Church, be a worshiping church? What would you say, Pat?
1: Um, it's, it's interesting because if you don't have the context of, like, the Bible and you don't hear about these stories of how God uses music and worship, and it, it's actually, you come here, and it's actually kind of an odd thing that we all stand in this room together and we're all singing together the same song. It's kind of an odd thing. It's like, where else in the world do you do that besides maybe at a YouTube concert or, uh, you know, you stand up to sing, take me out to the ball game at the Cubs game or, um, you know, karaoke, anybody karaoke, (laughs) come on, karaoke, there's there's my people. Um, But I, I think what's so interesting is how we come together what we're doing is when we're singing, it is far more than us just singing words on a screen. And it's just, I've, I've actually heard people say it's, it's way more than corporate karaoke. Because sometimes that, it could be that. It's like, yeah, go through the two songs, then we're done. But the songs we sing are actually pulled from Scripture. They're songs that are proclaiming the truths of God, the characteristics of God. They're songs that give us a voice to cry out to God, maybe when we don't know what to say. But the big thing for us as a church... When we gather here, it gives us a common, unified language that we get to proclaim to God, that when we sing songs like, Lord, I need you, or we sing like, God, you're faithful. We're proclaiming as a unified group, hey, I think God's faithful. Yeah, you think God's faithful. And, And it's just, it's a way for us to come together as a kind of a common language and proclaim simply the fact that God's worthy because he is worthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one of the things, I love that, Pat, that it brings us together, gives us language and takes us somewhere together that we w- couldn't go or wouldn't have gotten to maybe on our own. Um, one of the things personally for me, one of the reasons Gene and I really long for our church to be more and more, and all of these guys long for our church to be more and more of a worshiping church, is directly rooted to our mission of transformation. We want to be a church that helps people have a transforming relationship with Jesus And there are few things, talking about the power of music, talking about the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit in worship, few things can transform your heart and soul like worship music. That you can walk in here today, and maybe you did, you're angry about this, or you're stressed about that, or you are all up in your head, or you're in some drama or fight with a friend or spouse, and you can be all in that place. And worship has this power to literally transform you in the moment, to change and shift and shape your heart. And what I've found personally and why I think it's so important for our church is that it it can be two things simultaneously. Worship can be both profession and it can also be confession. And what I mean by that is that there are times, like Patrick's just saying, where I just, I have to say these things. Maybe I don't have the words. Maybe I don't know how to do it. But I hear a, a, a song that we sing, like when we sing, you are good. We can just say that phrase, you are good, you are good. Oh, we can just sing it over. And that's my soul professing, yes. That's why you see people raising their hands going, yes, that is my truth. I believe that is true. I have to profess that God, you are good. That transforms, that changes you when you allow yourself to declare that. So there are times for me on Sundays when I'm here and it's like, yes, yes, I believe these things. I am on board, like I I love it. And then, then there's other times where worship music really serves as an act of confession where maybe I don't believe those things. Maybe I'm not willing to get on board with God today. And I hear these words about the truth of who he is. Or we sing a song like, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. We can sing it over and over, and it becomes my confession. I don't have any other words to say, but this song that we're all singing together in a common voice becomes my confession. And I can say, I want that to be true. And sometimes what I need to do to confess that is to actually sing the words. Even if I'm resistant and I don't want to my heart, I need to sing those words. Sometimes I just need to let those words wash over me. And it becomes, I just love the power that it can be at the same time of both profession, that can change us as it frees us to declare the truth of who God is, and confession where it opens us up and even can break us down and bring us back to the truth of who God is. And I'd I'd love for you guys to share for a second why we know why it's so important for our church to, to worship God together, but we only do this for, and we dedicate a good amount of our time on Sunday to worship, but we do this once a week, like we don't... You know, say, all right, 24-7, anyone who wants to worship, Pat's just gonna be here all week playing guitar. Please don't leave him standing here by himself. Like, how do we do that in our everyday lives? Why is that so important for us as individuals? Because it's not just as important for us as a church, it's important for us as individuals. What would you guys say to that? Like, Fabi, why why is it so important for me to be a worshiping individual? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I love what you just said, that um, that expression of who we are and that worship, sometimes we don't have the words for it, but then there's confession, there's profession and worship. Um, I always say that if you want to get to the heart of God, you worship. Like that picture of the angels around the throne room, I believe that our worship just goes straight straight up to the throne. And um, what a powerful image of how we connect with the Lord, of singing to him, proclaiming to him, expressing to him, who he is and being reminded of that. Um, there's a verse, Romans 12, one and two, that talks about our worship, our bodies being a living sacrifice mm-hmm. to God. And it's our spiritual act of worship. And when we renew our minds, it says, um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And so when we worship God, we're doing that. We're, yeah. we're being reminded of these songs and we're singing God. to him. So I think that it's important for us to, to put that into our practice, not just here on Sundays, but in our daily lives, mm-hmm. just this act of singing and being reminded of of the truths of, of who God is and who we are in him.
0: I love that idea of worship renewing my mind that it, mm-hmm. it literally can rewire my thoughts, my fears, my anxieties, and bring me back to the truth. Yeah. What would you say, Jerry
2: Yeah, for me, individually, I think um, worship is a super easy way for me to actually allow God to kind of put me in my place in a, mm-hmm. in a really healthy way. Um, I, I tend to, like, in my life, ebb and flow between really high highs and really low lows. Um, and so... It could be one hour I've received amazing, awesome news or had this really great encounter, and then an hour later be feeling the lowest of lows. And I think worship allows me to recognize that in my highest highs, it's not a, it's not anything that I did. Like, I I just allowed myself to be used or allowed myself to allow God to do what he wanted to do. But it's like appropriately allowing God to sit at the place that he sits at. Mm. So in the highest highs, I'm thanking God. Like, thank you for all of the things that I get to experience and encounter. And And in the lowest lows on the other side, it's like, it's the ability for me to say, like, I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to figure it all out. I can actually lean on God. Like, one of my favorite songs in the moments where I am, like, totally fearful is No Longer Slaves. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Like, to be able to proclaim that in a moment where I'm, like, Oh my gosh fear is overwhelming me like i don't know how this is going to get paid i don't know how i'm going to have the time to do all these things being able to actually say i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god he has everything that i need and so it's just an easy way for me to be able to go okay god i'm just surrendering to you right now i'm not going to live in arrogance and i'm I'm not going going to to live in fear
1: like i'm just going to allow you to kind of move me through that ebb and flow i love that what'd you say pat it just coming right off of that I think there's there's songs that will carry us for a season yeah. and you if you've lived longer than five minutes you'll quickly learn that there are different seasons of life sometimes it's a joyful fruitful season and sometimes it's a really hard season where you don't know where the end is and I think for me in my life my wife and I there have been specific songs for us that have just really kind of served it's, it's almost been like God's direct voice to us in a season is when we we can't see the end it's kind of like we cling to this song and i think it's beautiful i think it's no coincidence how these songs are are literally the scripture of god put to melody so they're way easier to to remember and there have been times when i've you know woken up in the middle of the night stressed about something or just feeling heavy and Immediately this like old Matt Redmond song, Oh no, you never let go through the calm and through the storm even when I walk through the Valley of the Shadow of Death, like singing that, it just it's just unbelievably comforting. And I think there's I can look back over my my whatever since two thousand and five when I bought that album and, and specifically be like, Oh, I remember this song was in this season.
0: Yeah. And it's really
1: kind of- a sweet thing to kinda of come back to those songs yeah. even um, yeah, I, lo- so, I love
0: that thought that worship music can almost, well, can sounds like what you just said, serve as a soundtrack to your life. Yeah. You can go back, like you said, and say, yep, this was the song that carried me through. This is the song that reminded me of who I was uh, in that moment. That's, uh, that's powerful. I mean, there's lots of songs that we know all the words to and have meaning to us, but there's something much deeper when it's, there's a worship song that connects me to God and tells mm-hmm. me the truth of who he is and who I am and it has the power to, to carry us through a season. So we've been in this series called Spiritually Practical, and think we, we you guys have done an amazing job of helping us understand some of the bigger picture and more personal picture of worship. But how do we make it more practical in our everyday lives? What would you say we can do to make it, like, not just a, oh, I'll go to church and sing the songs they put on the screen, but like make worship a practical part of our everyday life?
2: yeah I would say a super easy thing that you can do is find all the places where music is kind of already a part of your life like that could be working out, that could be doing the dishes, we all sing in the shower, <laughs> so it's like wherever you find yourself already engaging with music, invite God into that space like in, allow yourself the opportunity to say, "Hey, I'm kind of already doing this yeah, how yeah. can how can I make a small little shift and maybe maybe allow God to be able to just speak?" a little bit of something into my life. And I would say an easy way to kind of very easily go into worship is to actually, recognize what you are already grateful for. Like recognize the things in your life that God already does on a daily basis that we may overlook. Like I'll I'll be walking through my house and we'll actually try to make note of like, God, I'm grateful for electricity. I'm grateful for walls. I'm grateful for the breath in my lungs. I'm grateful that I can hear my three kids playing upstairs. Like I'm just grateful for all of the things that I may overlook. And that very quickly can allow you to kind of walk right into worshiping and then just try singing. I mean the the easiest thing it. you can do is just, is go for it.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's like without anyone like else like without around, anyone else music, or with right. people
2: around. I mean <laughs> they they're the ones who got to deal with it. Yeah, that's, <laughs>
0: right. that's their problem. Not yours.
3: Yeah. No, I that's so that. good. Yeah. You stole some of mine. Take so I would just yes and to that. Um, I love that aspect of just letting it flow. Just let worship music flow in your house or flow in your work or in your car. The, the main thing to, to focus on is, is to be able to join in with it and make it an active thing. So, going from passive listening to it to making an active yeah, that's right. part of what you do. And so, you listen to the songs, you sing along to that line or that chorus, or maybe you just repeat that song over and over for a couple of times so that it sinks into you. But that's, that's my practical way right yeah. now. I love it. Yeah. What
0: would you say, Pat?
1: Um, I think something that especially could pertain to us as we kind of gather corporately is, um, you know, Soul City, we, we have this thing where we say when we talk about prayer, we want to take this posture of like open hands. And the whole premise behind that is kind of putting your body in a posture that could kind of mimic your heart. And it's just simply open hands saying, okay, God, I'm open. And so I think... There has been this whether you knew it or not in some circles there's been this boom in worship music and worship music's actually like a thing now and um, a lot of people really like it and I think there's this danger that we've kind of stumbled into of really great worship music means really great worship mm-hmm. so does that mean not so good worship music yeah. means bad worship so yeah. I think I've even found it myself, especially as a musician, I can go in somewhere and be like, oh, that guitar player isn't very good, so I'm not into this. Or, yeah. or, or so, so what you do... Confession you don't do that with our Mostly with, us, with us, right? Right? Yeah. Oh, on Jeremy. Because it's a competition. Right. <laughs> but what we do is we basically let our yeah. worship and the worth of what we're saying, God, you're worth this much worship that I have to offer... Only if the band is that good, or if they play that song because I love that song yeah, or they style, do that my, they yeah. do that down chorus and it really builds 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 builds, and then the drop then I'm like, oh, there they got me <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, It's like an emotional roller coaster and, and I
1: think, I think yes, absolutely worship needs to be so uh, full of emotion, but I think if that's hundred percent what it is, we're in trouble yeah. and I think God is far more concerned with our just discipline and our faithfulness over a lifetime showing up whether we feel it or not because believe me there are going to be seasons when you don't feel it you probably didn't feel it this morning maybe or but but i think allowing our bodies to lead our minds and lead our hearts and so a couple of things i think about you know maybe it's literally you come in here and you're just gonna kind of be like i'm not feeling it but i'm at least gonna say the words i'm not gonna sing them but i'm gonna say them Or maybe you're like, I'm actually gonna sing them. Or maybe you let your body lead and you say, okay, I'm just gonna do the open hand thing like we pray. And it's like, all right, God, I'm just gonna receive these words. Or maybe uh, you wanna clap and kind of get yourself going. Or I remember the first time back in college going to um, uh, this college ministry and seeing people raising their hands. And I'm like, what are they doing? And after learning about that, it's, it's, I think it can mean a couple of things. The Bible talks about lifting your hands to praise God. But I think, you know, if you think about it, if, so, if you're on the street and somebody came up behind you and was like, hey, give me your money, you'd probably put your hands up and be like, hey, I surrender. Like, I'm unarmed. Don't hurt me. And that's, that's kind of a weird thing. But if
2: <laughs> this, okay. this, idea, this
1: idea of surrender to God and say, God, I give up. I got nothing left. I can't do it anymore. I surrender. Come on, people, Come on, people. That's good. That's good, guys. And another, that's worth the clap. Oh. And another, I think another opportunity is I got four kids, and simply when a kid comes up to you and lifts their hands and oh, saying, Dad, good, pick Dad. me up, yeah, that's I think good. God delights to pick us up exactly how we are, yeah. whether we feel it or not. If we just lift our hands, God's like, yeah, I want to pick you up, and I just want to hold you. And I think those are opportunities for – our body to kind of lead our mind and our heart into a posture of worship.
0: I love that. And one of the things I love about our church is that we, because we're a church rooted in transformation, we have people all over the map spiritually, but we're we're heading in the same direction towards God. And that we would create space, and the way you create the space is by practicing it yourself. We'd create space for people to engage with God, however it is. Maybe it's quietly and they're just receiving it, or maybe it's hands open, maybe it's hands up, maybe it's just dancing and going nuts, you know, or maybe it's, there's tears, like, that we would look and go, man, I believe that person is exactly where they need to be right now with God. I'm going to be exactly where I need to be right now with God, and trust that this is a place, every other place in your life, most likely, you have to put on some kind of persona, or you're constricted, or you have to act a certain way, or dress a certain way, and to come here and go, no, 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 there's freedom in God's presence, to confess, to profess, to bring uh, what I need to to God in this moment. I think that's awesome, letting your body, that's a practical way, lead your heart and your mind. Well, I want to wrap this time up, but I want uh, you all to know, I, I don't know if we know enough what a gift it is to have such gifted worship leaders and worshipers. And the songs that we sing, half the songs we're singing today, these guys wrote and it's there's something really beautiful and powerful about being able to take what God's doing in real time in our church from the truth of the Bible and then give us a melody to sing along to that's special and i think it'd be really great for us to honor and bless our worship leaders right now so can we do that and thank them for their time today you know the the story in the bible of of creation is one where God breathes in and that's where life comes from. The story says God created everything and then in the end, what God did was he breathed. Literally, it says that he exhaled into Adam and Adam's first breath was actually the breath of God breathed into him. Isn't that a beautiful image? And a friend of ours from Atlanta, Louis Giglio, says this. This is really what worship is. Worship uh, is just us giving God his breath back. It's just us giving God his breath back. It's just us saying, God, this is back to you. And it's such, a, it's such a beautiful picture, isn't it? As God has breathed his life into you to just say, God, this is for you. I want to give this back to you. And I love the ways that we do that on Sunday, but this is a spiritually practical teaching series. And so we want to help you do that all throughout the week. So here's what we did. You heard a couple of our worship leaders mention how to incorporate worship into your everyday life, to take where you would already listen to something, Music, podcast, the news, and incorporate or even replace that with worship it can radically transform your day, radically transform your commute, how you walk into work, how you start your morning. And so here's what our team's done because they love you and they love making this as practical as possible. They've actually put together an incredible, incredible spiritually practical worship playlist. And so if you're on Spotify, you can just go and look up spiritually practical worship and you will find an amazing playlist that our team's curated of songs that we sing here. If you're not on Spotify, I don't know how to help you. Like, I don't know what to do. Like Talk to a friend who's on Spotify because it's the easiest way to do it. Anyway, that's another message. But you can just go there, and I'd encourage you to do it today, to follow it today. Follow it today, and then let that be the way you start your day. Can we all do that together this week to start our day? That's how I started my day this morning. Rather than listen to podcasts and news, I put on that new song that Pat wrote for us, I'm ready, and I just let it repeat while I was getting ready. While I was getting ready, I was saying, I'm ready, I'm ready, God, I'm ready for you. Doing that in your day, and I'd encourage you to do it at the start of your day, maybe you can do it over your lunch break, maybe you can do it on your walk home, whatever it may be. You have no idea what that will do to reshape, to renew your mind, your heart, your soul. And when we gather back here together next Sunday, look out, because it will be the culmination of all of our worship to God. And I think that's a beautiful way for us to end this series and to end this message is for us to say, God, I want to make this a part of my life, my confession, my profession. And that's a practical way for you to do that in your every. Day life. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up right now and we're gonna take that posture of prayer. We're gonna move into a time of worship, declaring that this is what we want to commit ourselves to. And I would I would behoove you to not take advantage of what we just experienced and heard from God. However, you need to declare your worship to God, confession, profession, however it is that you want to give God back his breath in this next moment, I want to encourage you to do that. But if we would all together, let's open our hands up right now to God as a posture of saying, God, we're open we're ready and so God we love you we thank you that you have given us the gift not only of music and God that is enough it's powerful people that don't even know you are transformed by the music that you've given us God and yet you've given us more than just music you've given us worship and so God would you help us become a worshiping church the only way that's ever going to happen is if we become a worshiping people God would you help me to be a worshiping person I got a thousand things I fill my head with God I want you to be the first and foremost, the highest and best that I give my attention to. And so God, thanks for the gift of worship that helps us do that. And God, I pray over these next few moments and over the course of this week, God, that we would have fresh encounters with you. You're not, I mean, God, you delight in our praise. We know that we join with all of heaven, but God, you don't need to be reminded of who you are. We do. We need to be reminded of who you are and give to you the praise that you are worthy of. God, what a beautiful thing you've invited us into. And so, God, that's what we choose to do. That's what we choose to do. Despite our circumstances that surround us, we decide to move forward in faith and by worshiping you. And so, God, receive this, we pray. Amen.